Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. everyone welcome to episode 67 of the stardom cast i am your host matt turner i hope everybody's having a fantastic day it's a beautiful beautiful day out here well everything's uh every day is a beautiful day i hope this podcast is finding you in a good spot if you're having a little rough day out there hopefully we'll uh, we'll put you in a good mood we got a lot a lot to talk about on this a wonderful day a lot of news a lot of exciting notes but before we get into uh, the rigmarole of everything going on here, I just want to wish my brother, my big brother, a happy birthday today. As we record, it's his birthday, his 42nd birthday. But by all the uh, fancy stuff that came out today, all the stardom news today, you'd think it was my birthday. I mean, let's just kind of just jump right into it. Stardom announced the uh, their top three title matches for their pay-per-view coming uh, July 9th. Um, start right on the main event. I mean, it's the match that I think most Stardom fans want to see the most. I think it's the match that I know me as just a fan of professional wrestling wants to see the most and really in any promotion. And that is Shuri defending the World of Stardom Championship against Momo Watanabe. It's a rematch from one of the best matches of uh, last year of the uh, five-star finals between Shuri and Momo. And it's a, obviously a more, uh, more important wrinkle because... You have the richest prize in all of stardom on the line. You have Sherry defending against Momo. And just think that was a clear, for me, a five-star match. Like I said, match of the year candidate last year in the finals. And now, I mean, Sherry wrestled Takumi Rohan a 20-minute draw beforehand. So you're going to have a fresh Sherry against a newly, well, newly seven-month uh, heel, heel turn Momo Watanabe. So this was the match that I think everybody thought they were building towards took a little bit longer to get there, but that's okay because Shiri's run this last seven months has been absolutely fantastic. So I'm super, super excited about that. Like I said, you'd think it's my birthday with that match they announced. The co-main event for that show coming up in July is Saya Kamatani, who uh, might be the only wrestler hotter than Shiri right now. She is defending the white belt, the Wonder of Stardom Championship against Starlight Kid. Uh, another match that's clearly... Uh, these wrestlers are going to have their work cut out for them to see who's going to who's going to outdo each other in those two main events. And then, uh, of course, Azumi, when she's coming back from her recovery to injury, which we'll talk about in a minute here, she'll be defending the high-speed championship against Momo Kogo. Obviously, this is a show that I will preview in depth a little bit more going on. Um, but before we get to that pay-per-view, there's a pay-per-view coming up uh, right here at the end of the month. The pay-per-view that will be on the 27th of June. And that is headlined by the two cage matches. Uh, the main event being the stars team of Mayu Koguma and Hazuki. They will be going up against the Queen's Quest team of Yutami. 
Sai Kamikani and Azumi. Uh, we just mentioned them before, so a lot of big matches for the Queen's Quest team. And then the co-main event, we have Natsupoi against Tam Nakano, and that's in his cage match as well. And kind of a little bit of a head-scratcher, as Stardom announced about two weeks ago that they would be doing uh, a cage match, but they didn't announce the match. So a lot of the fans were thinking that you'd probably have maybe the Julia prominence blow off here in the cage or maybe maybe one of the momo utami matches that they've been building towards that we never really got or maybe if they were going to do a faction match in the cage you figured maybe we would get a way tie versus uh queen's quest but not really so it's kind of not sure why they're putting these two cage i mean they're going to be great especially that main event i mean it's going to be like who's going to top who is mayu going to type a top Saya, Saya gonna top Mayu. At the same time, you know, you don't know what Kogan was gonna do or Hazuki. You know, they're. I think they're gonna do some crazy stuff as well. So it's gonna be interesting to see um, what's gonna happen there. And uh, Tam and Natsupoi, that should be uh, a barn burner as well. They're kind of slowly building towards this match as well. With they've been uh, kind of teasing some things like in the ring if Tam was gonna retire, if Natsupoi is gonna retire. I don't hope either of them retire because they're both absolutely fantastic in the ring so that's actually going to be the co-main event so the first ever cage match in stardom will be tam nakano and natsupoi so that should be exciting uh, to see as well but one of the matches on the undercard that i'm really really looking forward to i think it's going to actually steal the show is uh, mina shirakawa of cosmic angels going up against donald del mundo's himika i mean himika's just been on uh, quite a big tear she just came off that uh, record tying Artists of Stardom reign with Natsupoi and Micah. And Mina Shirakawa has been a wrestler over the last, you know, 8-10 weeks that's really, really improved. It seemed like she, she kind of hit her ceiling a little bit against that match at the end of towards last year with Tam. I think she got injured a little bit. I don't think maybe she fully recovered. She might have rushed her recovery back a little bit. Uh, she kind of was just, I wouldn't say hit or miss, but kind of almost like plateaued. You know, she was still really, really solid in the ring, but you really kind of weren't sure what they were going. And like I said, the last... Six weeks, eight weeks, she's really, really improved, especially with uh, her stuff with Yunagi. She's really improving her striking. I mean, she added that jumping in Siguri, the way she adds those forearms and throw those forearms and how she plans them and how she paces them and her ring position and everything. I've really, really been imp impressed by him. So uh, that's a show that we will, excuse me, that I will uh, preview later on next week uh, in full, but those are kind of just want to just briefly just touch upon those uh, three matches and as well as the three matches coming up in the July pay-per-view. So a lot of really good stuff to look forward to for, for our Stardom fans. I do have to talk about something a little on the negative side here. It seems like the injury bug has been hitting a lot of the federations uh, as of late. I mean, you saw that, you know, CM Punk is out with an injury. Um, Okada's taking time off. And the injury bug did not miss Stardom at all by any means. Uh, Tekla is out, looks like with a shoulder injury. Um, when I covered it on the last show, I think it actually happened in that match with the Zumi at Flashing Champions. She seemed like that she might have done something to her shoulder there. Uh, they report that Natsupoi is going to be out uh, up until past the, uh, the 6-19 show, the June 19th show, well, with an injury. And Izumi as well uh, is injured as well, and she's going to be out for the next couple shows. And I think it's smart that if uh, somebody has an injury, uh, they're hurt, they're not 100% or 70% or 80%, that they should take a couple shows off. You know, I grew up in the 1980s uh, era of wrestling where you'd always see these wrestlers always banged up, you know, constantly on the road, whether they're working hurt or injured, you know, afraid of losing their spot. So I think nowadays, I think we're a little more health conscious. Um, I think the promoters and bookers understand that in the long run, 
that this is something they need to do. They need to do. They need to pull them off the road or pull them off the shows. You know, maybe if you bought a ticket to go see Azumi on one of these shows and she's not going to be there, maybe it's something where they can have her. You know, signing autographs. Where it's like, hey, you know, you paid a ticket to see me wrestle. Unfortunately, I can't wrestle. I'm I'm hurt. I'm not cleared by the doctor. Um, in the long run, this is the best for me. But maybe she signs autographs for free or at a half price or discounted price. You know, she can make the trip as well. So at least, well, at least this way, you know, you're gonna get a solid show from the stack stardom roster, and uh, and you'll be able to see her. So maybe that's something that they're gonna do. Uh, but I don't know. Obviously, the biggest news coming out of the past uh, few weeks is Stardom announced that. Well, Stardom and New Japan announced that they will be doing a joint show in November. A 15,000-seat arena, arena that was built just for the uh, Tokyo Olympics uh, last, well, two years ago, but we, because of the pandemic, the Olympics got uh, moved to 2021, which was last year. So this is going to be something surely exciting because we've seen stardom represented on some of these dome shows before, but it's only been one match. Where this is going to be a split show, and Mayu on the press conference pretty much told Tanahashi and all the big brass at New Japan, like, hey, we're coming. You better bring your A game. You know, because we're coming. I think this is uh, smart on both parts. You know, New Japan has been around you know, 60 years. They've been on a roll for a long time. You know, really since 2012, they really got their footing back. You know, with Tanahashi just being, you know, the best wrestler in the world by a mile. And then you had the emergence of Okada and then that completely solid undercard. So, you know, for the from pretty much from 2012 up until the pandemic, I think I would say, in my opinion, New Japan has been the best wrestling company in the world. And they hit a little uh, snap during the pandemic, you know, in 2020. They couldn't get a lot of the Gaijin wrestlers to to come over, obviously, because, you know, airports were closed, borders were closed. So that kind of put a halt towards the, their momentum. I think they've been also in injury bug. You know, you see Ibushi got hurt. People are wrestling. Wrestlers are constantly wrestling. Naito, he got hurt at last year's G1. It seems just like they've been uh, just really cursed really bad you know, with, with the injury bug. Throw on top of that not to be nitpicky but the booking the last year and a half really hasn't been that good but at the same time when the booking for eight years has been nothing but solid you know you can kind of see well maybe they're just trying something different so you will see where that happens but i think it's smart that they're hooking their card up towards stardom stardom being really the hottest company in all of japan not all japan but in all of japan i mean you can see their numbers are constantly growing their youtube subscriptions constantly growing there's a lot of buzz especially over here you know in america for stardom as well so i and obviously this benefits stardom because they're gonna need to hitch their wagon as well to new japan just because you see new japan running these shows where they're doing seven thousand eight thousand nine thousand ten thousand eleven thousand so you're gonna put the combined efforts of these two fantastic companies together again both owned under bushi road and they're gonna try to fill a fifteen thousand seat uh, venue I, I hope it happens i really really hope it happens um, from what I understand is they're going to be doing a few mixed tag matches. I think the one that's heavily rumored that I think that they're probably going to do is going to be Starlight Kid teaming with El Desperado to go against the team of Izumi and Hiroma Takahashi. That will be an absolutely fantastic match that uh, I'm super excited to see. I was kind of hoping, fingers crossed, that they would do the aces of one team, which would be Mayu and uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus kind of the newer aces of Okada and Utami. Utami's kind of hinted that she wants to do something with Naito. Either or, I think that's a, a fantastic, uh, fantastic suggestion. 
And I'm really looking forward to, you know, come early fall, they'll probably start announcing some of these matches, what they're going to do. Also, I think you're going to see New Japan have a couple of really, really big singles matches there. You know, if they're going to, you know, try to fill 15,000-seat arena, you figure they're going to get at least 12, 13,000 in there pretty much no problem because the restrictions are going to be 100% lifted. Hopefully, knock on, knock on wood, if you can hear that. So uh, hopefully the restrictions are continue to be lifted and everybody in Japan and across the world is being safe on everything that's going on with, uh, you know, with the virus and with COVID. So and I also think this is a really good chance for stardom to put a couple of really big title matches here. Um, you're coming on. You're going to be coming off the five star, which is going to be absolutely loaded. So, you know, where do you go from there? Do you do the winner of the five star versus the Shiri or Momo, whoever it is here? Or do you do? Momo Utami match that they've been teasing building. Do you do the Sherry Tam match that they've kind of been teasing the past couple shows here? You know, do you do something big with Julia? Do you do something big with Kyrie? You know, is this where you do the Kyrie Saya match that they've kind of been teasing? You know, the past few shows as well. So, a lot of options here for both companies. You know, you put two or three mixed tag matches in. You put two or three New Japan matches in. You put two or three Stardom matches in. Especially if you put this thing up on Stardom World and you stream it live. It's a can't miss. It's a can't miss, and I think this is great on both companies, and hopefully this is one of many shows uh, that happens there. So um, that's pretty much all the big news that I have going on uh, that Stardom, not me, that Stardom has going on. So before I get into the two shows that I'm going to review, um, I just want to say thanks to all the listeners who gave me fantastic and positive feedback from the last show I did. I really wasn't sure how, I mean, I was pretty confident it was going to go pretty well just based on how much preparation I had going into it and just how much passion I have towards this project. When the podcast dropped, I think we had, I think my man Sean, Sean Montrose, who's just been an absolute gem. I mean, you want to talk about a good brother. He's just a good guy, just an absolute good brother, just literally walking me through everything, you know, step by step, and it helps a lot that he only lives five minutes away, so... He was coaching me through a lot of a lot of everything that was that was happening and going on and making things really really seamless for me. So basically, what had happened was, and I, I you know kind of give everybody you know behind the scenes view of what happened is the podcast went up Friday morning at twelve oh one. I think it was by six six thirty. I started getting messages on my Twitter and my Instagram about how good it was, how good the editing was, the sound quality was, and that's. That's all, Sean, and just how well everything came off. Like I said, I was a little bit nervous because it is, I, mean, I am doing a one-man show. You know, I don't have Rob to, to bounce off, who obviously he's the leader of this team. And again, this is going to be a one-man show pretty much going forward. So I wasn't sure what the feedback would be. And again, I was getting just dozens and dozens of messages on my Twitter and my Instagram, Matt Turner OF, by the way, little cheap plug there. Uh, just about how well everything everything went, and they thoroughly enjoyed it, and really they were happy to have the podcast back. So in between me trying to answer everybody back for uh, for the podcast, I actually got a text message from Rob, and his feedback was nothing but positive, super positive, and that meant the world to me. I kind of actually welled up a little, just based on you know Rob's, and I know Rob's listening, and you know Rob, we love you, we miss you, buddy. You know we. We, we hope you're, you're, you're doing the best. And I get messages all the time, people asking about you. You know, one, they absolutely love the book. I sent a whole bunch of copies of your book out the last two weeks. And, uh, you know, obviously tons of positive feedback there. And, you know, everybody, uh, nothing but 
you know, fantastic, you know, words and positive uh, remarks for you, which is just great about the wrestling community and the uh, fans and friends we have at the Stardom cast. But yeah, that meant the world to me that Rob said what he said to me, said that he's going to be supporting and listening on every episode just based on, you know, when we were kind of texting back and forth and uh, we decided, or pretty much he decided, hey, here's all the login password information, the, the keys to the castle are now yours. And I promised him that I would do, I would do right by him and do right by the podcast. And I figured it'd take me a couple swings at the plate, you know, going on a sports reference, a couple swings at the plate before I did well, but it seems like I hit a home run and it might just beginner, be beginner's luck on this first episode. So that meant the world to me that that he reached out to me so early in the morning here in the States. So he, he must have been, uh, he must have listened to it pretty soon after it dropped. So yeah, that meant uh, a lot to me that he went out of his way to tell me how much he loved uh, me taking over the show. So like I said, I promised him I'd do right by him and hopefully that's what I'm doing. And I guess here's my ham-fisted segue here, folks. I, you know, I wonder if you missed those, but uh, I'm gonna be gotta be doing right by the Patreon members. I got a lot of uh, questions about what the Patreon was coming back, and I did make mention last show, and I just did send a tweet out that yes, the Patreon is coming back. I will be recording Stardom X Stardom 2019 uh, here pretty soon, and then I will be recording the 2019 uh, 2020 World of Stardom title reign of Mayu Iwatani. Those two will probably be dropping by the end of this week. All depends on uh, Sean's schedule, his editing schedule. Again, he's going above and beyond for me, and he's just a, just a super good dude, and I can't thank him enough or put him over enough for how much he's helping me out. But I'm going to be recording those pretty much probably back-to-back -back just so I can get those out because, like I said, I know that our Patreon members, where you didn't have any of the, the White Bell or Red Tier members, didn't have any episodes the past couple weeks just because we were on a little bit of a break, but I'm going to try to, you know, record those guerrilla style and get them out to you as soon as possible. Now... Uh, the Red Belt Tier members, I've gotten a lot of questions, people asking what the new Red Belt Tier Red Belt tier members, what they're going to get. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. So the Red Belt Tier members, we are going to be doing a watch-along. I'm going to pick a match, and once a week, yes, once a week we're going to be doing this. Once a week, we are going to queue up uh, Stardom World or YouTube or whatever devices we have this on, and I am going, I will tell, I will probably put it on the free feed or on Instagram and or Twitter what match we're going to watch. And I will do a little introduction. I will tell everybody when to press play. And I will be breaking down the match. from Really from the clip, if it's an opening promo or a video package. And I'll be talking about that literally from start to finish on the clip that's on Stardom World. I'll be breaking down certain aspects of the match where they got to where kind of giving a behind the scenes view on everything that's that's going on. You know, I always get a lot of positive feedback about how I look at wrestling a little bit different. So I think this is going to be something really, really cool. So the first match we're going to do is we're, hey, if we're going to go in, you're going to go, let's go all in, baby. Let's go all in. Let's go in with the highest rated women's match in the history of Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer. We're going to be doing from uh, last year, last summer, the Sherry vs. Utami uh, time limit draw slash double knockout match. So that's the first match that we're going to be doing. I'm going to try to record that at the end of this week or the beginning of next week. And again, we're going to be doing those once a week. So if you're a Red Belt tier member and there's a match, there's I have a whole bunch of matches 
that I do want to watch. So, but if there's a match that, if you're a Red Belt tier member, and there's a match that you want to watch, just, you know, shoot me a line. Shoot me something over on Twitter uh, and uh, Instagram uh, and or the Instagram and something I would definitely take into consideration because I'm going to be doing, you know, four or five of these a month. You're going to be getting the most bang for your buck. I always believe in you for our listeners or just anything in general. If you're spending money on me and giving me your time, you're going to get more than your money's worth. So for $3, the White Pelt tier members, you're going to get two episodes probably in the next five or six days, give or take. And then I'm probably going to try to drop another one in a week or so just to get everybody caught up. But starting next week, the Red Belt tier members, it's only a little over a dollar an episode. Four weeks out of the month, sometimes you get the five. We'll be doing a watch-along where I'll be breaking down the matches of some of the best matches in the 11-plus year history of stardom. Now, the only little hiccup is um, I am in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. So I'm kind of hoping that the Internet doesn't freeze from time to time. But if it happens, hey, it happens. You know, we're all learning together. We're all taking this trip together. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Be be on the lookout for all that's that's dropping. Like I said, you're going to get probably by the end of this week, the two bonus episodes for our white belt and red belt tier members, Stardom X Stardom 2019 and the Mayu Iwatani, absolutely fantastic, her second red belt title run that ran from 2019 to 2020. And then for the red belt tier members, I'll be dropping sometime, hopefully in the next seven, eight days, watch along with Shiri versus Utami. So um, I hope that everybody's gonna enjoy that because I'm certainly, certainly excited about it. Okay, let's go into the two shows that I was able to watch and review. So show number one, you can probably hear my, got this fancy new mic, got this fancy new setup. Show number one took place on the 4th of June. Um, we had it started with the opening ceremony for the five-star qualifier uh, with Rina, Amisori, Waka, uh, Miyu Amasaki, Momokogo, Ruwaka, Mai Sakurai, Lady C, Hina, and Saida. So I'm sure as you know, the top three Points winners will move on to the absolutely loaded five-star Grand Prix. Really nothing to see here with just everybody that just uh, kind of just came out. did their fancy little thing, and everybody took their pictures for their Japanese magazine. And we roll on to match number one, which is a five-star five-star qualifier, which saw uh, Amy Sori get their first two points over super rookie Miyu Amasaki. Uh, this was, it was a fun match, really nothing wrong with it. Obviously, the, the easy psychology story is to tell is Miyu's going to be trying to use her speed to get away from Amy. Amy obviously starts off with these brutal, brutal chops. She uses her size advantage and experience advantage to uh, to get the early advantage over Miyu. Miyu had some really good counters, though. I mean, it was it made a lot of sense. She, her selling was really good early on. She was selling almost like, like I said, it was a David versus Goliath-style match. Uh, fantastic selling. And then she had a couple quick near falls with a couple roll-ups that the crowd really, really bought. So that's really what you want to do. You want to show that comeback story. And again, we talk all the time on this podcast how Miyu just wrestles consistently above her years. So I thought she looked really good here, but ultimately she spelled defeat with a blue thunder bomb at 7 minutes and 31 seconds. I had this one at three and a quarter stars. Moving on to match number two, Waka versus Rina. Rina picks up the win here. She gets her first two points, as I think everybody kind of... It's kind of rinse and repeat here with Waka with these matches. She's always losing, but always improving, and the crowd is so behind her. And I see the stuff on social media. For someone who's never won a match, not only not won a match, 
but when they do these multi-person matches with the Cosmic Angels versus whoever, she's the one that always eats the fall, but she always gets so close to the pinfall, and it's always, like, so entertaining. You're almost on the edge of your seat to see, like, is this going to be it? Is this going to be it? Is this going to be the, the one to get the win? This obviously wasn't. Uh, Waka, I mean, she comes out right out of the gates. Another thing I like about her, she comes in, she smiles, she does her little pose, and then she runs to the ring. You know, she, she's running to the ring almost like a, a mini version of the Ultimate Warrior. You know, she comes in all fired up, and it gets the crowd really intrigued because it's just like she's just growing frustration every single match that she loses, and then she just can't wait to be in the ring for, for the next match. So um, I thought I think that they're doing an absolutely genius job bringing, uh, building her up here. Um, again, they did a great job, you know, really good technical wrestling in the beginning. Some really close near falls uh, for Waka with always she always does like that. I guess you call it the Marafuji sliding pin, where it looks like she's going to give you the tiger suplex and kind of just, you know, bridges down to her back and then it's like a, almost like a quick roll up. Uh, that always gets it. It seems like it's every time she attempts it, it's closer and closer. And she does it at the, like the perfect time. It's like right when the the her opponent is really getting a good momentum on. It looks like she's going to go put her away and they do. A, she does a really good job countering it. And they're making sure she's in the middle of the ring. So it's like there's no rope break that can ever break it up. Or even in the multi-person matches, that there's it's going to take somebody a real long time to get in the middle of the ring to break that up. Uh, ultimately, uh, Rena winds up hitting the, uh, the double knees for the win. So, uh, again, it's a solid match. Uh, three stars on that. So uh, that was uh, pretty, pretty good. And move on to match number th- three, Hina and Ruwaka. They go to a time limit draw, so they both get one point. We talk, I talk all the time about just how everybody just stardom just improves constantly. Everyone from Mayu to Miyu. I mean, you have the person that's there 11 years, the person that's had like 11 matches. But it just seems like Ruaka. And it, I don't want to make it sound like I'm picking on her. It just doesn't seem like she's improved at all. If anything, she might have degressed. Her offense just doesn't look good. Her timing just doesn't seem to be there. When she's in these multi-person matches... And she has a Saki, a Momo, Starlight Kid, and they kind of can position her in the right place at the right time. You know, she shines there, but in these singles matches, especially that went the one that went to the time limit draw, which I thought was too long, I just really didn't care for it. I actually, you know, as I say, I always start these matches off at three stars, and if you improve a little bit, you know, you get bumped up, but if something doesn't make sense or goes too long or peels away my interest... You know, I take away some some uh, points here, and that's what I did. I had this one at two and three four stars. I thought just it went it went way too long. I thought Hina's stuff looked really good. I mean, Hina, Hannah, and Rena, they're those three sisters. I mean, they have future everything on them. You know, whatever championships they want to win, tag artists. You know, four or five years, they probably go for the white and red belt. I just think the three of them are fantastic. But I mean, Hina looked really really good here in the beginning. But just seemed like once things really got going towards the end, it just seemed like Ruaka just wasn't really out of place. So uh, I'm not going to bag on it too long. Again, like Kevin Smith says, if something that I don't like, I didn't like it, move on to the next one. We move on to the next one, Azumi, Koguma, and Yunagi. This is a match that a lot of people were talking about. A lot of people really, really found this entertaining. I'm just going to say this one really wasn't for me. I was a little confused by the English only speaking rules or you couldn't do high speed and you know if I'm paying a ticket to go to this show and I see Izumi, Koguma and Yunagi are all in the same match I'm going to want some wrestling uh, 
that, that's what I'm going to want. When the wrestling happened, it was solid. The high-speed stuff with Izumi and Koguma was really good. Yunagi stuff with both Izumi and Koguma was, was really, really good. Only problem was there wasn't enough of it. Like, 25% of the match was wrestling, where 75% of the match was just like, okay, you just get to it. Like, the, these three really aren't known for... Well, I mean, Koguma's known for the bear dance and doing comedy here and there, but this match was like all comedy and I kind of wanted a little more action, you know, with these three. So I didn't rate it just out of the respect for these three ladies. I see a lot of people on social media that loved it. Hey, good on you. This, for these three, for how fantastic are they in the ring, I just wanted a little bit more action. However, I was, I'll end it on two positive notes. One, if you're going to go to a draw, go to a triple count out. Fantastic. And two, hey, the crowd enjoyed it. The crowd had a really good time with the, with this, with this match. So, at the end of the day, that's what you want. You want the crowd to enjoy it, and then that'll make the promoter happy. So you got to make the big bosses happy. Okay, moving on to now a much more action-filled match. The stars team of Momo, Kogo, and Hazuki versus Julia and Mei Sakurai. Mei and Momo, they start the match out, and uh, they did a really good job on putting the focus on them because obviously coming off Flashing Champions, you had a lot of heat with Julia and Hazuki, and obviously some they're going to pay that off somewhere. You know, pulling hair, just slapping each other all throughout the crowd. So that's obviously a big match. They're going to pay somewhere down the line. You know, maybe they do it at night one of the uh, of the five stars, one of the main events. I got no problem with that. So when you f- see this match is, is announced and this match is getting ready to go, you as a fan can't wait for Julian Hazuki to get there. Obviously, you have to build there a little. So they gave us Momo Kogo and Mei Sakurai. And the stuff that they did was absolutely fantastic. I think Momo and May knew that the spotlight was not going to be on them, but was going to be on their respective tag partners. You know, again, for obvious reasons, Suzuki's a big star. Julia has that absolute it factor, and I think she's going to be the one that's going to be walking away as the five-star winner. But again, another topic for another day. But they maximized their time in the ring. They really, really did. The two of them, they had really good chemistry. Everything flowed really well. Their timing was really good. May Sakurai has improved so much. I'm so uh, impressed by everything that Momo Kogo does. She's another one that has a future champion written all over her. And I'm really excited what she does next month in that big, you know, second from top, third from top, you know, kind of main event style match with the Zumi for the high speed championship. So, yeah, this is really good. Obviously, once Hazuki and Julia get in the ring, you know what you're going to get. We want to give it to us. Just give us Hazuki and Julia just beating the crap out of each other. And that's what they did. Uh, and everything looked really, really good. I'm a big fan of Julia and May Sakurai doing like the Paisan elbow for you ECW fans. They do like the second rope uh, double team uh, elbow that the Tracy Smothers, RIP, and Little Guido used to do. So I, I think that's really cool how they, you know, how they do it. They time it really well when you have two people jumping off the top rope at the same time. Things can go a little wonky, but uh, every time I see them doing it, it, see, it looks really, really good. Um, I thought that was really good. The crowd was really, really into it as well. Um, I thought that was that was fantastic, how they got the crowd into it. And I really don't have problems with time limit draws. But you kind of had back to back to back matches. You had time limit draw. You had a triple count up, and then another time limit draw here. So the Rossio guy was special, really on par here. But again, this one I didn't have a problem with because the match was really, really good. But I thought maybe Hazuki pins may give her a little steam going in to, uh, you know, her feud with Julia. I thought that might have been the way to go. Or, I mean, now they just announced that Momo Kogo is getting a high-speed title shot. So, you know, I kind of look back at it. Maybe they should have had Momo Kogo beat Mei Sakurai. At the end of the day, not that big of a deal. I thought this match was super solid. Three and three-fourth stars on this one. Okay, we move along to match number six. 
the God's Eye team of the World of Stardom Champion Sherry and the Cinderella 2022 Champion Mirai versus the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano and Mina Shirakawa. Literally my first note here, wow, it's amazing how much Mina is improving. You know, you have Sherry and Mirai who are two hard hitters, two of the best strikers in all of stardom. Uh, Tam as well. Tam's a very underrated striker. I think Tam's a fantastic striker. And Mina really showed, obviously Mina's not hitting Tam, but Mina really showed, you know, with those forearms and Insiguri, and she stepped up there. I mean, she had some fantastic forearm exchanges with Mirai, and that's a match that obviously was the first, I believe it was, yeah, it was in the first round of the Cinderella uh, just a few months ago. I would love to see them run run it back, you know, a, a Mina versus Mirai match, where maybe they get 10, 11, 12 minutes. I thought that was, uh, that was fantastic. Sherry's kicks, it just seems like, I don't know what she's doing if she's just working leg day a little bit harder or doing leg day twice twice a week, but her kicks just seem to get crisper and louder. It just seems like the crowd knows that when she snap nares somebody over, everybody gets quiet and it just sounds like a thud. I mean, it sounds like Mark McGuire when he's hit like this 460 uh, feet home runs, you know, back in the back in the late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, it's, it's just like holy jeepers. I mean, you can just see the soul out of her poor opponents just being let out with these brutal, brutal kicks. Um, and again, Mariah gets back up on Sherry and she has some really good strikes as well. I thought that was that was fantastic. Obviously, the main part of the story is a match that they're building towards with Sherry and Tam. Not sure where it's going to happen. They teased it on the last few shows that they did and they had a really good exchange here and they're really building towards something. Again, we know Momo is getting the championship match coming here in July. Do they squeeze the Tam match in before the five-star? Or they do a Tam versus Sherry match at the New Japan uh, Stardom show in front of 15,000 people? Or is it kind of almost like a red herring where we might throw you, they might throw for a loop and have Momo win the belt, and then you could still do a Sherry versus Tam match, you know, as well. I mean, obviously the belt means more, but a Sherry versus Tam match, not for the title if Momo is champion. I, I got no problem with that. I mean, Tam has just really been on fire ever, pretty much ever since she lost the belt. I mean, at Wrestle Queendom, she had one of the best matches of her career with Sherry, and she's just been been on a roll. She's been having some really, really fantastic matches. She had the, the tag match with Kari, the tag match against Kari, and then with Kari, and then she had the, at a World Climax, she had that really fantastic uh, rematch for the Wonder Stardom Championship with Saya Kamatani. So, see where they're going there, but a lot of potential for a lot of really good stuff. Um, ultimately, in the end, uh, Sherry hits the ruin on Mina. You know, we kind of figured that that would be the finish. Uh, gets the uh, the pinfall there. I this one at three and three four stars as well. Really, really fun match. I thought that that was one of the better matches of the two shows. Moving on to match number seven of eight, we have the stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Hannah, and Saida versus the well the artist of Stardom champions. Uh, representing Weedo Tai, but it was not a uh, championship match of Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, and Saki Kashima. As usual, how these Weedo Tai matches go, wild brawl to start the match. Once everything gets settled down, Mayu get, Ma, pretty much Mayu settles everything down. You know, her just being the ring general, uh, the the bum rush happens. They get thrown out. They do the kind of the three part brawl, which is you know fun. If you're sitting in the crowd, you're gonna gotta get your money's worth when you have three different. You have six. Six of Stardom's best, you know, brawling all over the building for a minute or two. So that's always a fun thing. And then once it gets settled in the ring, who's in there? Mayu. Uh, the Mayu stuff with Momo Watanabe was absolutely fantastic. And I hope somewhere down the line we get a Mayu versus Momo match. Because uh, it's a different Momo. 
it's a different Momo. You have Momo as as the heel, and even if she does beat Sherry next month uh, at the pay per view, I would love to see a Mayu versus Momo championship match. I mean, we've seen them before with uh, well, I'm go- I'll be- I actually just watched it not too long ago to go over the review for the uh, our Patreon members. A little cheap plug there for uh, Momo and excuse me, Momo and Mayu back in uh, 2020 at the anniversary show. So they have obviously really, really good chemistry together. So this was nice here, a little bit of tease here. Didn't get as much as as I would like or really anybody would like, but again, that's maybe just me being greedy. Uh, then hand and stuff, she looked really, really good here, really solid as well. Uh, Saida, her stuff here is, she's fantastic. And I really hope that she gets the nod to go into the five-star because uh, Saida versus Momo Watanabe or Saida versus Shiri match at the five-star where they're getting some time. Yes, please count me in. So eventually it comes down to Hannon and Starlight Kid. I thought the psychology of the finish was really good. It was really smart. You had Starlight Kid going after Saya's, excuse me, Hannon's leg and her knee. And then she wins with the Texas Cloverleaf, which we don't see much. We don't see, we usually, we usually see Starlight Kid winning with either the Moonsault, the Black Tiger Driver, or some sort of like flash pin. So she gets uh, Hannon to submit to the Texas Cloverleaf. So I thought that was really good. I had that one at three and three fourth stars. And now we get on to match eight, our main event. We have the uh, former Artist of Ch- Stardom Champions, My Himapoi, Micah Himika, and Natsupoi taking on the Queen Quest team of Lady C, Sai Kamatami, and Yutami. They did a really smart job by starting this main event out with two of the faster wrestlers to kind of hook you in, you know, right on the beginning. You have Sai Kamatani and Natsupoi kind of tipping their hat on their earlier this year to their wonder of stardom championship match a really good pace really good these these two have really really good chemistry together i think we, we there's so many wrestlers in stardom i just mentioned on momo and mayu have really good chemistry together so many different opponents so many different dance partners you know if you will in stardom that have really good chemistry i don't think saya and natsupoi their chemistry gets talked about enough so uh really good job really good hook to kind of get you in Queen's Quest, they show their their dominance, you know, early on to get the advantage with their double teams and triple teams. Obviously, Utami and Saya, former Goddess of Stardom champions, I'm really impressed by the improvement of Lady C. Um, Himika and Utami, jeez, I don't know if anybody told them this was a work. <laughs> they really, they beat the daylights out of each other. I thought that was really good. And then Lady C and Micah gets in there. And I kind of like how everything pairs off. You know, you had the fast pacing of Natsupoi and Saya. Then you have Himika and Yutami coming. They're just beating the crap out of each other. And Lady C and Micah coming in the ring and they're just basically kind of doing a little bit of kind of what just happened before. A little bit faster uh, pace wrestling we saw with Saya and Poi and then a little bit more of the hard-hitting, stronger style between Himika and Yutami. They kind of melted the two. And they had Lady C actually got a lot on Micah, which I thought was good. You know, making her shine up a little bit. Obviously, Micah, she's Upper, she's getting towards the upper tier of the main events. You know, we just saw her the main event with Sai Kamatani not that long ago on a pay per view. Fantastic outing. So then that was good to really kind of shine Lady C up. Eventually, you know, everything winds up breaking down between these two teams. Micah winds up hitting the big superplex on Lady C. Hits an arsenal of, and I thought this with this finish was great. She hit a whole bunch of lariats on Lady C. The let the lariat sandwich, which I love between Mike and Himika. And then the Mijinoku driver to send this one home at just a shade under 16 minutes. I had this one at four stars, and for me, this was the best match of, of the weekend. As we move on to the final show from Corican Hall, from the, the 5th of June, 
we start out with another five-star qualifier, which saw Miyu Yamasaki pick up a win over Momo Kogo. I thought this was was really good. I was really excited. Like once my once I had the Stardom World uh, website up and running, and I saw this was the opener, I got I got you know excited about it because Momo Kogo again just improving all the time, and Miyu Yamasaki does a really good job. She just again improves just beyond her years. Uh, I thought it was a great 50-50 match. You know, right out of the box, the two of them show, uh, show uh, Miyu shows aggression, coming out there, throwing that dropkick, throwing some good forearms. I think that's the two areas that the two can improve on, is that they are two of the smaller wrestlers on the roster, but I think they need to improve their strikes, especially their forearms. I'm not a big fan of forearming on the chest. To me, I think it's got to go behind the neck, like kind of how, like I said, how Mina does it. Obviously, the best person to ever watch for any strike ever is Mitsuhara Masawa's forearm. So I think that's that's... I think where they need to teach like i said i'm not a fan of the forearms underneath the chin on the chest but that's just me i thought the two of them did a great job of selling feeding for each other being there where they needed to neither of them had to carry each other or had to i mean everything was there i mean there's you could tell where the, there was trust you know both of them are still very young in their careers and i thought they put on a heck of a show uh at momo kogo's springboard dropkick you know, they can throw that in there where she's being tapped by Hazuki because that's one of Hazuki's patented goes-tos. Uh, I like how she adds that in you pretty much every match. It just adds a really, you know, positive wrinkle towards her, towards her offense. It's a really good staple for her offense. Uh, Momoko goes for that wrist clutch, wrist, wrist, wrist clutch, excuse me, wrist clutch northern light suplex, but gets countered into the late capture O'Connor roll. This was solid. Uh, you can see... These two are going to have a lot of matches coming up in the in the next, you know, three, four, five years. And I can't wait for all of them. Three and a quarter stars. Match two, another five-star qualifier. Saw Amy Sori pick up her second win of the tournament up against Rena. Almost kind of what happened in Amy's first match before where she's just using her power, you know, to overpower Rena. She's using the her strikes she's using her her size to cut off the ring she's using those chops she's using those big moves to get their early advantage and it almost looked like this thing was going to be a squash uh, eventually rena perfect timing I, they knew exactly when to cut cut off the offense and build up rena's rena's offense uh again similar to uh, amy's match the night before she gave up a couple near uh, flash pinfalls which i thought was good you know it almost shows that she can't, I mean, she feeds real well for them, and where it happens is in the center of the ring, and it's a good feed into another fall. So I think it's really good that when she's wrestling these wrestlers that are smaller than her and more inexperienced than her and much younger than her, that she can she can give up these close near falls. She can dominate early, give up these close near falls, have their, their her opponent build up a comeback, make them look really good. Uh, eventually... She winds up drilling poor Rena with this brutal-looking, but it was safe. You can tell where she took the bump. Brutal-looking brain, brain buster. I thought this was it, another solid match. I had this at three and a quarter stars. Match number three, May Sakurai picks up her first two points up against uh, Hina. A crowd was really into this, which, kind of looking at this on paper, it's like you had those really first two really good matches. You thought some, maybe the crowd would have came down a little, but May's doing a really good job building herself up. And right from the get-go, the crowd was... I know it's mostly a, crap, a clap crowd, but they were really going early on for this. So, again, another 50-50 style match. Everything was really back and forth. You know, not much crazy, too much to write home to. You know, they kept it simple, which was smart. They had the crowd right where they needed to for, for the whole match. You know, they, they're not going to get 10, 11, 12 minutes on a match, on a card, you know, this length. 
Uh, so they took it home when they needed to take it home, and she gets the win with their rich clutch, rich wrist clutch northern light suplex. I need to take a drink here. A lot of wrist clutching going on here. You think I'm watching a Jun Akiyama versus Mitsuhara Misawa match? Okay, moving right along, we have another five-star qualifier. That's uh, Saida and Ruaka. Go to a time limit draw. Again, it's just I'm a big fan of Saida. I'm not sure why they had this one go to a time limit draw. It just seems like the more Ruaka is in the ring and she doesn't have tag partners to kind of hide her weaknesses, the more she's exposed. I just, I didn't get this at all. I really didn't. Uh, the psychology really didn't make sense. Her selling was a little bit off. I mean, Saida, even towards the end, I don't know if she's getting frustrated or just lost, but last like a minute or two, it was like, just end this thing already. Just it wasn't good, wasn't sloppy. I was kind of sloppy. Again, I'm going to Kevin Smith it. The less things said about this, the better. Two and a half stars. Moving on to match number five. You want to talk about overachieving. This match certainly did so. Waka versus Fukin Death versus Starlight Kid. Starts off as a glorified handicap match, which gets the crowd right into Like, poor Waka. The crowd is already so far behind her because she has so much sympathy and builds up so much fire and then builds the sympathy back up because they just want to, want to see her win. And then you have the only pretty much 100% heel group in the whole entire company where you have the evil clown and the evil tiger just basically just double team her for a good portion of the match. <laughs> but obviously you know what's going to happen. You know, they wind up, Starlight Kid and Fook and Death wind up double crossing each other. And then Waka winds up firing back on the two of them, which gets the, I mean, perfect. Just the psychology of this match was absolutely perfect. It gets the crowd really even, even more behind her because now she's able to fight her comeback. And she gets her comeback by Starlight Kid and Death being a little bit greedy on who's going to get the pinfall. She had a couple of really good near falls there. Uh, again, especially with those roll-ups, eventually Waka winds up rolling up. Uh, excuse me, Fukin Death winds up rolling up Waka. This was a super fun match. The story was really good. The crowd was really into it. It's a simple story to tell. And again, Waka loses this match, but she comes out looking better. You know, she overcome the odds for a good portion of this match and almost got a couple pinfalls on uh, Fukin Death and the next challenger for the Wonder of Stardom Championship, Starlight Kid. I just went three, three, three and three, four stars. It was a really fun match. Match number six saw the Donald Delmundo team of Julia and Micah versus uh, Saki Kashima and Momo Watanabe of Oedo Tai. Uh, they did a really good job teasing the uh, the Michinoka driver right from the beginning with Micah and the Kishikasai from Saki. I thought that was good. How <laughs> Micah tries to go for the Michinoka driver right out the gate, gets countered, and then almost gets uh, gets rolled up, and the crowd bit into both of them. You know, when, when Micah, she held Saki up just perfect timing where the crowd saw what she was doing but didn't hold her up too long. And then Saki gets out and then almost rolls her up. So the crowd bit into both parts, which I thought was, was perfect. And this match was just nonstop. I'm not going to go beat by beat, but this match was just absolutely nonstop. You know, the Momo Micah stuff was really, really good. Obviously, you have two heavy hitters. Julia, another one, is just a fantastic striker. And the way she feeds for her strikes as well. And obviously, Momo is one of the best kickers in all of stardom and the best uh, overall strikers in all of stardom. So she does a really good job feeding into those. But you also know that Julia, that if she takes, you know, five or six shots, she's going to get three or four back. Or sometimes five or six, and she sure did here. Uh, I thought this was really good. I really, hopefully, we get a, a Momo versus Micah match. Again, maybe in the five-star, maybe if Momo becomes champion, somewhere to building towards the uh, Wrestle Queen to match at the end of this year, maybe we'll get a Momo versus Micah match for the uh, Red Belt. That's a match that I didn't think that I'd want to, you know, think I'd even be in the realm of possibilities of seeing in two or three months. And 
it's a possibility that that, that probably could happen. Uh, eventually, Julia winds up pinning Saki with a uh, with with a uh, Ganoske roll. You know, Mr. Ganoske from uh, FMW uh, basically invented that hold, and it's kind of funny seeing you know Saki's usually the one that rolls everybody up, and Julia kind of gives her taste of her own medicine. So I thought this was really good. I had it three and a half stars. Match number seven saw the uh, uh, God's Eye team of World of Stardom champion Shuri teaming up with Mirai versus Natsupoy and Himika. Uh, Natsupoy and Mirai start and have really, really solid chemistry. Mirai gets up on poor Natsupoy so good, and she winds up tagging in Shuri, and Shuri kicks poor Natsupoy probably harder than I've seen ever anybody seen. And she kicked her with this back kick, you know, the snap nair, and she does the, you know, the spinal tap kick, and almost folds poor Natsupoy over. And if that wasn't enough, they wind up spilling out to the outside, and she does it to her again. Like, right now, as if you didn't hear it or see it enough, anybody that was sitting in section, you know, row one, section C, or whatever section they were sitting in, and she wind up getting drilled with an, with another one. So, poor Natsupoy. Just feels so bad for her. Um, Natsupoy, in this match, you have to step up your striking, you know, against Mariah and Sherry, and she sure did. She sure did. She brought it. Uh, Hammock and stuff here was really good as well. You know, Hammock and Sherry have really good chemistry together as well. I mean, these two really tore into each other. Eventually, everybody loses control, goes into a wild brawl, and we have the uh, have the double count out. And then uh, they wind up making this for a, uh, or winds up, excuse me, this winds up becoming a uh, three-way match for the Artists of Stardom Championship coming up. They basically, uh, they basically, Siri, Mariah, and Amy, sorry, they basically say that they want a, uh, they want a title match with the Artists of Stardom Champions, Starlight Kid, Momo Watanabe, and Saki Kashima, and also, you have Julia, May Sakurai, and uh, Himika coming in that saying they're going to want a shot for the Artists of Stardom Championships. And uh, I believe that was announced too for the pay-per-view in July. Again, I'll be proving that later. There's just a lot, a lot to catch up on. Match number eight, our main event, saw the Queen's Quest team of Lady C, Azumi, Sayakamatami, and Yutami versus the Stars team of Mayu, Mayu Iwatanari. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hana, Kogama, Hazuki, and Mayu Iwatani. It's <laughs> a long show. Uh, in a eight-person tag match. Uh, solid action from all, from both teams. Uh, the four-way whip off the rope spot that they tried to do in the beginning, it's tricky. <laughs> I've been there before. You literally, your timing has to be spot on and your body size and body height has to be spot on or else you're gonna ricochet off the ropes and that's what happened here. I saw them try to do it. I was like, this isn't gonna end up well and it didn't, but God bless them for trying. Uh, it's always a really, it's a tough spot, but they you know, they made the best of it because the timing on the way that the ropes bounce back when one person hits it at a different time. But uh, they made the best of it. Queen's Quest with these double teams and triple teams moves, uh, it's just fantastic. They do a really, really good job with that. I was a big fan of uh, the spot where uh, Zumi got on top of Lady C's shoulders and it looked like she was gonna double stomp. And uh, Huzuki comes off the rope with uh, with a double, with a drop, a springboard drop kick. I thought that was really cool for the cutoff. It was a great spot when uh, Mayu and everybody was on the outside, and Mayu and Huzuki go in the ring to do their double dives. And as they come off the ropes, Saya springboards and uh, double high cross bodies the two of them. And it was right in the ring. It was perfect timing. It was I mean not right in the ring. Of course, it was in the ring. It was right in the middle of the ring. The timing was perfect. Uh, I thought everything was really solid. It really got the crowd, you know, whipped up into a frenzy. So I thought that was that was really cool. Solid finishing stretch between both these two teams, but eventually it goes to Koguma and Izumi. 
Koguma winds up getting the back roll on Azumi. Three and three fourth stars, uh, that which obviously which will set up the cage match. They wind up saying, "Hey, you know, let's do it again. Let's do high speed in the cage." I alluded to at the beginning of the show, so we're going to see on the 29th of June, the main event of that pay per view is going to be the Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Sai Kamatani, and Utami going up against the tag champs FWC and uh, the SWA champion Mayu. So again. It, as if Mayu can't be crazy enough, we're going to put her in a cage with Saya. Uh, that should be fun. Oh, I apologize. That was not the main event. Match number nine saw the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano, Yunagi, and Mina take on the Colors team for where the loser has to join the winning team's unit. Now, this is the part where I know Rob is listening. He's probably smiling because uh, he. this is where I, I would always hand it off to him when it come to the names because I'm terrible, especially with names of new people coming in. So we had Yuko Sakurai, Haruki Hazumi, and then Saki. That last one was easy, Saki. So I didn't know much about the colors team. Uh, it seemed like Saki was the leader of this team just based on how they presented her with the dance in the beginning and how they presented her with the entrance. And then they had a really good dance coming in, and but not to be outdone, Cosmic Angels put on their best dance ever. Like this is a dance that if they were main eventing in the Tokyo Dome or at WrestleMania that they would do. So I thought that their dance here was, was solid. They, they went all out it was like, oh no, you're not gonna outstage us. Uh, Cosmic Angels dominate the first part of the match as you know, you'd think that they would, you know, make sense. The Colors team had a really good comeback. They had some really good, interesting double-team moves. I think they need to clean up their striking a little bit here. Obviously, that's something that they need to work on. I'm sure that they will work on, but I was pretty impressed with the Colors team here. I thought uh, Yuko, right, that her selling was really good. I thought Saki's comeback was really good. I thought Izumi, I thought her stuff looked really good. Again, a little sloppy at times with all stuff that, you know, as they say with the reps, will uh, will come in time. The, eventually, the, uh, the finish comes with uh, Tam drilling Hazumi with this brutal spin kick and then a violent shooting and then the violent screwdriver for the pinfall. That is at three and one fourth stars. Now the colors team will join Cosmic Angels, making Cosmic Angels the most, uh, the team that has the most members. So maybe we'll see a big like six on six Oedo tie versus Cosmic Angels match or when uh, Natsuka Tora comes back, we'll see, you know, seven on seven. That would be, uh, that would be something. That would be, uh, sight to see. I probably would have flipped uh, 8 and 9. I probably would have had the Stars versus Queen's Quest team go on last but uh, that's me just uh, being nitpicky. So that will do it for our shows. Kind of getting a little here out of breath but hey that's okay. You know it's more reps. The more I keep doing this and like I said I have a lot of podcasting to do so uh, I'm just going to try to keep getting better and better at this. So uh, again as we close this episode out, I can't thank everybody enough, you know, for their support, uh, keeping this going. Like I said, there's a lot of content that's going to be dropping, and I know uh, my man Sean, again, I can't put him over enough. My editor, he is going to probably egg my house probably in the next day or two, but uh, <laughs> I told him, I said, once I get rolling here, you, there's going to be a lot of edit material to do, but he can't be, he's like so happy to do it. He's so happy to do it now. Again, I can't, I can't talk good enough about him. Sean does have his own podcast, which I talked about last show. You know, it's called The Illest Couple that he does with his, uh, his beautiful wife. He does a great job with that. You know, if anybody's having any issues or you just want to listen to, you know, two people being positive, talk about things that a lot of people don't like to talk about. You know, just search for The Illest Couple. You know, it's on, on Facebook. You can check it out on wherever you get your podcasts. And if anybody's actually, look, Sean actually does some ring announcing. That's actually where me and Sean met. 
right around 10 years ago, right up until, that's right around the time I moved up to the area that I'm living in now where he lives, he, uh, he does some ring announcing. So if anybody's looking for a ring announcer or a commentator, uh, let me know and then I'll uh, get a hold of him and, uh, and we'll go from there. So uh, I'm gonna close this episode out. If uh, anybody has any questions, comments, you can get, get a hold of me just uh, on at the Stardom Cast on Twitter or the best way to get a hold of me is uh, get a hold of me on my two main social medias which is Twitter and Instagram just at Matt Turner OF that's the one I respond to the most so any questions comments feedback positive or otherwise I appreciate it. that's the best way to get a hold of me this weekend this Friday coming up I will be uh, in Sunbury Pennsylvania where I'll be uh, teaming with Andy Hedder Team Blue and Gold we will make our WXW debut if you're going to be at the show stop by stop by the merchandise booth say hello i'll make sure we get you all taken care of so again guys thank you so much for the support thank you so much for listening uh, just remember hey we're all in this together and everybody's different everybody's special i can't say enough uh, thank you guys so much i love everybody love you guys so much appreciate the support Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.